going on, everyone? This is Chris back again with the Wildlife Command Center podcast. Thank you very much for listening and subscribing. If you could, if you haven't subscribed already, could you please smash that subscribe button? Give us an awesome review. I really appreciate it. It helps a ton. So on this episode, as you can see by the title, I am going over the Hardcore Hawkers Meet. Kind of a short recap of the schedule and, and all the good times that were had up there. Real quick, as you can probably tell, my voice is a little hoarse and I'll go over why it is here in the episode. Thanks again, guys, for listening. Here we go. Hey, everyone. Hope you all had a great last week. Last week. <laughs> and I just wanted to jump on here and kind of give an update of what we did up at the Hardcore Hawkers meet in Idaho. Holy shamoli, it was a blast. So I'm going to take this time. Sorry I didn't put any episodes out over the last week. I think I put one out on Monday, but you know, and I'm recording this on Saturday. I wanted to record it on the way back on Friday, but my voice was completely shot. And there's probably a little bit of it still tracking, you know, it's still a little bit off, but all that was because we had such an amazing time. Oh man, like I think the last day I blew my throat out, blew my voice out from laughing and hollering and just, oh my gosh, doing a bunch of shenanigans. Anyway, so this was the Hardcore Hawkers meet up in Idaho. Alyssa and Joe Provangvian.com put it on. This is the second one. We put it on last year, and so it was such a hit. With the folks who were there, we had to do it again. So <laughs> we got everybody together, scheduled it up a lot. Was it a lot later? I'm not quite sure. Maybe it was the same amount of time, the same dates as last year. But either way, got some hats made. I put those together. And then they set up the shirts, which are awesome. You guys are going to be jealous. <laughs> there might be a few left if you contact her. Maybe you'll be able to lock one down. But either way, it was this last week. So we all shot up to Idaho. Oh, man, it was a freaking riot. So I'm used to flying where I'm used to flying, you know, my agricultural lands down here. And so going up there, I remembered from last year, it was not like optimal hunting grounds for me and my Merlin, but it was still, yeah, it was still doable. You know, it's, we still got flights on, on sparrows, you know, but as a matter of fact, they have more English sparrows up there than we do down here. Actually, that's probably not true. It's more like they are more condensed. They're in larger groups up there, so they're easier to find, but not as easy to hunt. I'll tell you that right now because there's a lot more cover and brush and stuff up there. So you have to take a different tactic of hunting them up there. Either way, still had a blast. So the main hunting lineup was myself, like the people who are definitely hunting every day. Lindsay Benger from SoCal, Alyssa and Joe and their big long wings and Alyssa's Merlin. Lindsay has two Cooper's Hawks and a Goshawk. Damnatious Daniel's namesake, his godfather, Daniel Kimball. He has a female Merlin who he's got kind of got going to with a few baggies. And then those are the main ones. Ha! Well, we had a few other people with big long wings who came in and out. 
No, the, the red eggs came and they flew their goss and his gigantic female gyro falcon. Holy smokes. So kind of the first day, we all kind of got situated. Like the first night, basically, a lot of people arrived and we all had our pleasantries. And then, oh man, hey, let me tell you a quick side note. Dude, at least a quarter of the reason to go to this meet is because of Joe's cooking. Holy smokes. It is just like, oh, it's incredible. It is just the bomb. Holy, I can't say enough. So Joe is half Laotian and his dad passed on and and probably a mixture of his mom's as well. All of his cooking mastery and he is just, just, oh my gosh, this food is to freaking die for. A lot of grilling, a lot of crazy Asian salsas. (laughs) <laughs> mostly like oyster sauce for chicken and stuff like that. And oh man, we had steaks one night, chicken. And, oh geez. Anyway. Okay. 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 <laughs> so let's go to day one of the meat. So it's always like big falcons, like the big ones that hunt ducks. They're up early in the morning. You know, like they fly first, as soon as the sun's up and sometimes even beforehand. So for the first few days of that, you know, everything kind of has to go perfectly to line up everything. Like hopefully there isn't much wind and, you know, hopefully you can find the slips. One of the unfortunate things about hunting ducks is that they move around a lot from spot to spot, slip to slip. So they are not always in the same spot every day. You know, like where I hunt, basically the flocks are almost always there. So I can hit the same thing or I just know wherever the fields that I go to, there's going to be birds there to fly. We have to go driving around and find these guys. So it's like a caravan. We all drive around, see what we can see, find what we can find. And then once we lock down some ducks, you know, it's like a real sneaky setup. Getting the bird in place, not being too loud, staying out of sight, getting the bird up close, but not too close. You know what I mean? Not to bust the ducks out. So... They caught a duck the day before I got there. And then they went for a few days of not really catching anything, which was unfortunate. But Joe's got kind of a younger bird. And Alyssa sometimes does what he wants because he's an imprint. Either way, we did get to see, at least I did. I think there were times where I missed them because I split off with another group, you know, with another group of hunters to go hunt something else. And so sometimes I would miss a specific catch or kill. Lindsay and her goshawks was absolutely killing it. I mean, they caught almost every single day they were out there focusing on the quail. But, you know, if there's bunnies, we push for bunnies as well. And her goshawk is a bunny dynamo. He's, it's not even fair when it comes to that. And so the goshawks and the big birds, the big, <laughs> the big falcons would fly in the mornings you know, they would take up kind of that slot right there. So mid or like late morning would come around and then we would kind of push for things that weren't falcons, you know. Uh, you know, there there was a few sorted red tails and Harris hawks that were out and about and jumping around. And then Joseph also flew his Oplomato a little bit, just kind of getting him back in shape because uh, his female... That's a long way to go. You know, it's it's a big female gear peregrine. And so the goal with those is like the long term, not really the short term. You know, they learn pretty slowly. They mature slowly. 
And so the goal for them is like, kind of like mid to later in life. It's never quite right now, right now, at least with the bird, when the bird is young. And so he doesn't expect too much of her. We're still, he's still kind of like molding her flight style in the way that she hunts. So I personally never got to see her catch while I was there, but no biggie. I still had an awesome time with a bunch of the other folks. So then we would fly the assorted birds in the late morning. And then in the afternoon, we would focus on the Merlins. There were three Merlins there. It was a motherfucking Merlin gang, baby. (laughs) Me, Daniel, Damnatious Daniel, and Alyssa's bird. We would uh, focus on those bad boys, those bad jammers. So we would go out hunting quail. Man, they have oodles and oodles of quail up there in Idaho. It is bonkers. I mean, Reno (laughs) definitely has equal to or even more, I would say, based on my experience. But plenty of them up there too. And so with the cooperation of a good dog, uh, actually, which they didn't use. That was a little interesting. Her Merlin, her current Merlin, does not accept the dog in the field. That is not cool. Not a fan of that, neither is she. But you got to work with what you've got. She was only able to trap two passage birds the entire like season that she's been driving around with birds up there. And both of those are in Falconer's hands, hers and Daniel's. So you got to work with what you can work with. So they got those situated and he, Daniel's is, he's, she's like super, super new. So he's not working her with a dog yet, but you know, in due time, he's got an awesome setter who's just coming into his own age, you know, and then Joe has, he has a setter and Alyssa has a monster lander and just got a little cute baby pointer puppy. Oh man, a lot of dogs, let me tell you. But they have an awesome property up there so they can, uh, they have a place where the dogs stay outside and those are all long-haired breeds besides the pointer. And so the pointer will most likely be house trained. You know, you can't have a short-haired dog outside, at least not in like a crazy thick kennel situation. But the rest of them are long-haired breeds. So they do just fine in the nipply weather. So, when the afternoons would hit, we would all grab the Merlins and kind of head out. I would fly kind of mid-afternoon, and then Daniel and Alyssa would kind of fly late afternoon, right towards the end. I tried to stick to our schedule here when I was up there. Now, the flight style that I did up there was what we like to call hedgehogging. (laughs) where you hunt like hedgerows, basically. It's how most people fly. Jackson, um, sometimes female Merlins back east. In ag areas, you fly like the fence rows, or if there's just berms out in the middle of ag fields, and the sparrows will feed out into the fields and then retreat from predation into those bush rows, hedgerows, you know, tall tussocks of grass. They'll stick in there to get away from other birds of prey. But when you combine a human, it makes it a lot harder, and a dog, I brought Goten and Videl out there, makes it a lot harder to get away from the big scary falcon, even though he's not very big. So we had a bunch of awesome success doing that. Caught uh, three or four birds while I was up there. You know, just one a day. The The usual, no biggie, had a blast. Oh man, so when you fly birds twice a day, at least from what I noticed, there is an exponential growth, 
heightened accuracy, heightened flight skill, determination compared to flying them once a day where it is like unfortunately exponentially decreased. His uh, capture rate has gone down dramatically since last year, but that's fine by me. I'm still having a good time on the mount. He's still taking awesome pitches. I'm still getting great flights in and it's because my priorities changed. You know, I needed to switch and focus on work a lot more, focus on being a, a human and not just a, <laughs> not just a bird person. That's the way I like to put it. I need to be a human and, and be around more humans versus just an only caring about flying my birds in the field. And so getting to these meets is a great way to do that. So we would fly the Merlins in the evenings. Daniel was mostly like getting his Merlin a little bit of wild quail exposure and then bagging his bird and then finishing it out really quick jaunts, basically. Whereas Alyssa had bagged multiple times and so her bird was like ready for the big leagues. And while she was there, it caught her first and second quail. It was awesome. I got to be there for one of them a super long chase out into this open field where the quail were trying to go from one area of cover to another. We bust them out over the open and you cannot, so that they can outfly a falcon over short distances, but not over long. That's where long wings really excel is the ability to build up their speed and then get behind them and just chase them down because their speed increases over those distances. At least it does with birds like Merlins and Jeers and stuff like that. And so it was able to catch it in this open field. And oh man, it was probably like a 200 yards, just straight tail chase. It was awesome. It was awesome. Ended up in a successful day. And that was really great. And then every night we would come home to Joe's amazing cooking and a bunch of broody pops. <laughs> oh man. We played this game called Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. Have any of you heard of this? Oh man, it's this hilarious card game where all of the cards are either, it's a picture of a taco, a cat, a goat, a piece of cheese, or a slice of pizza. And then there's a few other random ones sprinkled in there like a narwhal or gorilla or stuff like that. But the goal is you get in a circle, like on a table, and the goal is to get rid of all of your cards and then you win. And so what you do is around the circle... <laughs> you have your cards in your hand face down and then you flip them in the middle and you say taco and then the next person says cat as they flip a card and put it in the middle and then goat cheese pizza, taco cat, goat cheese pizza. And if the card you flip is the word you say, everyone has to slam their hand. It doesn't have to be slam, but everyone has to put their hand on the card as fast as they can. So if it's like taco, cat, goat, and then the cheese, and it's a, a picture of a piece of cheese, boom, everybody slams their hand in the middle to, tr and whoever puts their hand on last has to take all of the cards. And <laughs> humble brag, I won the first game and the only game because it tends to go for a while. Dude, towards the end of it, three people's hands got cut from other people's fingernails. Isn't that crazy? Because of the volume, because of the speed of people slamming their hands in the table. Oh my gosh, it was just an absolute riot. And then the last night, 
we uh, watched this crazy, crazy video from literally 15 years ago. And it was like stupid Gen Z humor from that long ago, half of my lifetime ago. Oh my gosh, it was just incredible. We were little wasty pants dying on the floor laughing. And I think that's why my voice is hoarse. I think because of that simply one event, I was on the floor weeping, weeping, crying, laughing so hard. It's a good time. Another one of the nights, the boys all went downstairs and we played darts in the garage and holy crap. Oh my gosh. Me and uh, Jeff Reddick had to teach. Everybody had a shotgun pierce. <laughs> and it was a shit show. Oh my gosh. Joseph punctured the beer correctly, but then would chug it like a normal beer. And so like he would spill all over himself as he was drinking it. Daniel threw up after it. Oh my gosh. And oh, geez, it was great. It had, like, <laughs> Jeff put it in a good way on Facebook, that holes in the wall, check. Broken glass because Joseph like overhand Thor yeeted a glass into the ground because <laughs> And this is in the garage, so the floor is hard too. Just because he was turned up. Oh, man. Holes in the wall from the darts, not from like kyling the side of the drywall. Just from darts, you know, missed darts. Spilt beer. But Jeff and I just sat on the sidelines and had a great time talking about archery elk. Holy smokes. So it was like multiple, multiple days of great food, great times, great Common maraudery, as we like to say. <laughs> I know what the actual word is. Flying the heck out of our birds, running the heck out of our dogs, and so many awesome laughs. Oh my goodness. Oh, it was such a good time. I can't wait to get back. You know, that's, that's the place to, um, if you're trying to get a Merlin and you know what you're doing and you're seriously committed, Idaho has a whole gang of them. It was a great time, guys. Well, I just wanted to get on here and, and give you guys a little recap. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you listening and subscribing. Uh, I love doing this. And now we're going to get back to basically our regular scheduled programming, our regular podcasting schedule. Thanks again. If you could, please leave us an awesome review. Really appreciate it. It helps out the pod. Uh, <laughs> and now it's time. I went back to work today. So I kind of shook the dust off, you know, the, <laughs> the trip jitters or whatever you want to call it. Now it's time to get back to the old grind. The good grind, in a way. I got a bunch of good jobs coming up. So I'm excited to kind of get back to it. It's, you know, it's not quite February, but probably have another month of chilly weather before March and springtime and animals breeding and the bats coming back. Stoked for that. Really looking forward to it. All righty, guys. Thank you for listening. God bless. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. This is Michael Baran, aka Bare Hands Baran. Make sure you go now to Discovery Plus, download our reality TV show, Bare Hands Rescue, where we are out there every day rescuing people from wild animals. It is entertaining, it is engaging, and it is informative. Download it today and listen for our next podcast.